the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Tuesday, September 6, 2022. I am Seth Liebson. It's good to be back. I hope you all had a great holiday weekend. I want to do a shout out and big thank you to Congressman J.D. Hayworth for taking the show on Friday. Appreciate it, Bill. Thank you as well for uh, helping, as always, every day around here. Uh, I'll do my... uh, Monologue, yeah, I'll do my monologue at the top of the third hour today. If you want to call in and join the conversation, 602 I don't know if you're like me. My, my memories of Labor Day uh, are twofold. Uh, one, Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis. I was fascinated by the telethon. I loved the telethon growing up. I mailed away for all the stuff, you know, gave a little donation as a kid. I just... Something about Jerry Lewis, something about those old school people. And I was fascinated by – I don't know if he actually did or not. Or, I was fascinated by the idea that this man or any man, anyone, uh, could stay up for 24 hours. And you heard rumors like he would take naps in the back at a certain point. Someone who would come on and fill, fill in for a while. Was it Ed McMahon or Norm someone or other? Anyway, um, I missed that. And I also remember that it was uh, – you knew school was starting uh, the day after Labor Day. All of that has changed. Jerry Lewis has passed away. The Labor Day telethon isn't there anymore. And, of course, school starts earlier and earlier now. So education has been much on my mind uh, a lot lately, aside from the regular cultural issues we've been dealing with regarding education. And I was kind of fascinated as well to think about how education – has now ramped itself up, has been leveraged upward in uh, the list of concerns on Americans' minds. You know, when, when, when the big pollsters, Pew, Gallup, and those guys in the 80s and even into the early, early 90s, not mid to late, but early 90s, would ask questions, uh, what issues are most on your mind or what issues are you paying most attention to? Education was always up there. It was usually, if it wasn't uh, top five, it was top 10. And then it disappeared and they stopped asking about it. And I guess either they're asking about it now or people are making their views so Uh, so much more prominently known about their concerns about education, perhaps because of the education wars we've been going through, CRT, school closings from COVID, and now this uh, sex change business, this transgenderism business. Maybe Americans have forced the researchers to start taking note once again. I was interested to see at the Washington Examiner just a few minutes before the show started, I saw this. So I'm I'm going into this a little cold, but I saw that uh, they have done an analysis of, of trends on uh, social media browsers as to what interests the voters the most. What issues, uh, what in their case, five issues are most on voters' minds in this now uh, campaign season. After Labor Day is also when politics becomes very serious in even-numbered years. It's like kind of considered when the real campaign season begins. Hard for us to imagine that, isn't it, given <laughs> given uh, given what we've been through since really uh, 
almost going on a year now. You look at some of when some of these candidates announced it was. Yeah, it was uh, even the summer of last year. A lot of our primary candidates were announcing their candidacies. But in any event, um, everything gets serious right after Labor Day. And so when the Washington Examiner did this analysis of uh, social media trends, what are the five issues voters are most interested in? It's education, inflation, taxes, crime, and abortion. Let me let me do it slower. Sorry. It's education, inflation, taxes, crime, and abortion. And I thought, okay, if that's what people are showing that they're most interested in, if those are the issues voters are asking about the most or uh, doing their most research about with regard to where the candidates are on these things – I, you know, it, it surprises me, and I'd love your input on this. I'd love your thoughts on this. Why we aren't um, wiping the board in the polls? Why why we aren't uh, wiping the field clean and cleaning the clock of the Democrats uh, in our congressional, Senate, gubernatorial, and other races um, on issues, particularly the first four: education, inflation, taxes, and crime. We could all probably speak off the top of our head pretty smartly about those. And in none of those directions does it seem to be helpful uh, to Democrats. Uh, I'm going to spend some time on education uh, today, uh, later in my monologue as well. But take any any number of picks you want on education, from the latest and recent scores to the frustration over mask mandates, even in some cases vaccine mandates for children, issues of uh, re-racializing our children, never mind the uh, the exposés we're finding out about educators and uh, administrators uh, concealing from parents the uh, transgender issues that they are putting their children from or even helping their children accomplish without knowledge of the parents. Education should seem a slam dunk for us. Inflation also, also excuse me, should seem a slam dunk for us. Uh, we didn't have inflation uh, before Biden. We have it in spades now. Taxes, uh, you know, Walter Mondale learned the hard way that when you promise to raise someone's taxes, they don't generally like it very much. I don't know why taxes should be a loser for us. There's a lot of money sloshing around that's been unspent over the past three years. And it seems to me any raise of taxes is unnecessary, particularly uh, at a time of inflation. Crime should be an easy one for us. It really should be. I don't know why crime should. Here's the niggling one. Here's the one people are getting a little a little worried about. And it's that last one, abortion. So education, inflation, taxes, crime and abortion. Abortion seems to be the one that reporters and the mass media are talking about hobbling the the Republican Party's chances since the Hobbs decision, since Roe versus Wade was overturned. And you'll see typically uh, in most stories about it, something about 60 percent of Americans do not support the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Sixty percent plus Americans consider themselves pro-choice. And I tell you, I think I think if the Democrats and the media are pushing that, it requires us to drill down just a little further. Is that actually true or is it um, news reported as a hoped for truth? Uh, Republicans have always been nervous talking about certain social issues. Abortion, always one of them. They seem to be just a little bit shy about it. They seem to act as if or talk as if they aren't quite sure they're right or even talked 
and act as if they know they're not right. It's abortion is one of these um, Stockholm syndrome categories conservatives find themselves in where they feel they have to use the language of the other side, be reticent about it, be a little skittish about it, be a little apologetic about it, be even a little nervous about it. And often you'll get uh, you'll even get in in circumstances um, where 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 Republicans will say, well, you know, I support choice in this matter, but I kind of think anyway, you get the point. You, you, you see the nervousness about it. You see candidates not wanting to talk about it. I've never understood this myself. I've never understood it. You break down the data on this and it's simply not true that there are super majorities who support abortion generally. No, what you have to understand is that there are super majorities, sort of, that believe there should be some form of abortion choice in America, but not the abortion choice that the Democrats generally speak of. Not the law that was attempted to be passed in the Senate this year, that when Chuck Schumer was trying to codify Roe versus Wade in federal law, which would allow abortion all the way up to the point of birth, even past birth in certain circumstances, if the abortion uh, was botched and a baby was being delivered, the law would have protected that. Supermajorities in America do not support that. Supermajorities in America do not support partial birth abortion. But Hillary Clinton does and Nancy Pelosi does and Elizabeth, the female senators and the pro-choice senators and representatives that speak the loudest about this all support partial birth abortion. Nowhere under 60 percent of Americans have ever approved of partial birth abortion. I think if you have Republicans who aren't afraid of speaking out for life, that should be an easy thing to do. And it should be equally easy to speak about the extreme positions that the Democrats take on this issue, including partial birth and born alive infant abortion. It shouldn't be hard. We shouldn't shrink from it. We should not be ceding moral high ground on issues of life. This is our issue. This is our party's issue. We have always been, from the very beginning, the party that supports and defends the most vulnerable among us. We were founded to protect the family. We were founded as opposed to slavery. This was our 1856 mission from the beginning of our movement to today. We should not be afraid of it. We should drive right into it as easily as we do education, inflation, taxes and crime don't let the narrative cow you republicans don't let the narrative and the agenda of the left and the media make this election about something it shouldn't be about and don't let them make it a victory for the democrats when it should not be muster yourselves get strong pull up your socks and fight Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Your dollar buys less today than it did a month ago. Paper money continues to be worth less and less. You're aware of it every time you go shopping, just as I am. But the good news is that gold and other precious metals traditionally hold their value when economies fail and fall, like now. If you're interested in 
buying precious metals to protect your savings, investment, and future, check out my friends at the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. I own precious metals from them. Thousands of you do. Seb Gorka does. It's the only store. It's the only shop he and I use for our precious metals. You can, too. Give them a call at 480-360-3000 and ask them about adding metals to your portfolio or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. I, this this is, I, I don't know, this, this, I've been looking at kids going back to school, the restrictions we're putting on them. Do, do you realize, over COVID, do you realize how few children we're talking about when it comes to COVID problems and COVID deaths? I, there was a story today. Axios reported. Axios is a national. Came out of Politico. It's it's um, it's a bunch of liberal mainstream reporters that have a, a news organization they founded. I didn't know this. Two hundred and twenty pedestrians were killed on Arizona roads in twenty twenty. The last year for which data is available. Two hundred and twenty. Two hundred and twenty. Um, do you know how many children in Arizona? Actually, we count it under 20, so young adults and children combined at that level. How many tw- have, have died throughout all of COVID So since 2020? The total number is 68, which is uh, uh, four thousandths of one percent of that age's population in Arizona. Four thousandths of one percent. Um, you couldn't find it on a pie chart. Uh, yet 200... To, compared to 220 pedestrians killed in Arizona, you would think for all the sturm and drang over protecting children in our classrooms from obtaining or acquiring or getting COVID, you would think for all that attention over 68 deaths over, what, two and a half years, um, you might apply something that has uh, roughly three and a half times the number of deaths. When's the last time? You saw anything about pedestrian safety on the roads in Arizona. Our priorities are off, right, because it's just not a favored issue. It's not an issue about control. When's the last time, by the way, you saw anyone proposing that we take cars away from people? Cars away from people. Shouldn't we be doing that? I mean, 220 innocent pedestrians were killed by a car in Arizona. Last year or the last year for which we have data available. Why why wouldn't you want to take cars away and stop cars from driving on our streets? In any event, um, I say that a little bit tongue in cheek. I want to get more to education in a few moments. But first, I got to read you this based on what I was saying in the first segment and how Republicans seem to be reticent talking about issues that the Democrats have leveraged against us and seem to have taken on a mantle of moral superiority over. Uh, Lance Morrow in The Wall Street Journal has one of the best pieces I've seen responding to Joe Biden's uh, condemnation of of uh, MAGA Americans being, uh, being semi-fascists or fascists. Uh, Lance Morrow writes, um, Trump supporters, the MAGA movement, all they do is belong to the Church of American Nostalgia. They are Norman Rockwellians and Eisenhowerites. They regard themselves, not without reason, as the last sane Americans. 
it makes one kind of be reminded of William Buckley's uh, assertion as to why he founded National Review in order to stand athwart history yelling, stop. Uh, Morrow writes, if there are fascists in America these days, they're to be found among the tribes on the left. They are Mr. Biden and his people, including the media, whose opinions have, since January 6, 2021, hardened into an absolute faith that any party or political belief system except their own is illegitimate, impermissible, inhuman, monstrous, and, a nice touch, a threat to democracy. The evolution of their overprivileged emotions, their sentimentality gone fanatic, has led them this year to embrace Mussolini's formula. Mussolini was pretty much the founder of fascism. You know what the formula was? Quote, all within the state, nothing outside the state, nothing against the state. Or one might say the party. People forget, if they ever knew, Hitler and Mussolini were socialists. The state and the Democratic Party must speak and act as one, suppressing all dissent. America must conform to the orthodoxy, to the Chinese finger traps of diversity or else and open borders and rejoice in mandatory drag shows and all such theater of gender. Meantime, their man in the White House invokes emergency powers to forgive student debt and their thinkers wonder whether the followers believe it or not. Fascists now. Mr. Trump and his followers believe it or not are the anti-fascists. They want the state to stand aside, to impose the least possible interference and allow market forces and entrepreneurial energies to work. Freedom isn't fascism. Mr. Biden and his vast tribe are the enemies of freedom, although most of them haven't thought the mat haven't thought the matter through. Freedom, the essential American value, simply isn't on their minds. They desire maximum, that is to say, total state or party control of all aspects of American life, including what people say and think. Seventy four years after George Orwell wrote 1984, such control, surveillance cameras, social medias, and the Internal Revenue Service, now to be shockingly augmented by 87,000 new employees, the surveillance state is entirely feasible. The left yearns for power and authoritarian order. Faust's bargain. Freedom is forfeit. When Mr. Biden spoke in Philadelphia last week. He might have been thinking of FDR's speech at Madison Square Garden on the night of October 31st, 1936, at the end of the presidential campaign against Alf Landon. And, by the way, three months before he tried to, to pack the Supreme Court. That night, Roosevelt boasted that his political opponents are unanimous in their hate, and he said, I welcome their hatred. Americans lamenting the divisions of 2022, and some of them, they entertain fantasies of a new civil war, and they should refresh their historical memories. The country has been bitterly divided against itself any number of times. The hatreds and convulsions of the 1930s culminated in the ferocious battle between isolationists and internationalists that lasted until the Sunday morning of Pearl Harbor. But the question arises today, if there were something, God forbid, like a Pearl Harbor, would we unite again like we did on September 11th? Hard to do under this president when you think about how he has condemned so many Americans, not just 
the leaders of their party, but half the country who supports the leaders of that party. You wonder why Ukraine and the war against Russia hasn't been the uniter Joe Biden thought it would be. It's because he's not the commander in chief that can unite this nation the way he wants it to be. That's why. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Our culture and economy update is given to us by John Dombrowski, as it is every day at this time. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. That's grandcanyonplanning.com. He also has his own radio show right here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., the Word on Wealth. John, happy Tuesday to you. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, Seth. Um, I was looking at an interesting story. We're going to get the Beige Book out on Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, which I guess the Fed releases and is kind of a, a series of, what, anecdotes uh, about uh, how the economy is doing. There's a Wall Street Journal article today that says consumers feel feel worse now about the economy than they did during the lockdowns, um, and uh, and I'm I'm wondering to you, uh, I'm wondering with you, John, if uh, this beige book, this uh, story of anecdotes, basically that the Fed puts out every year, if that's going to help us or help explain the kind of funk we seem to be in, or if you have an explanation for the funk we seem to be. In. <laughs> Um, loaded question. Yeah. I, I would um, say that that is certainly something that we could look at the Beige Book to understand what's happening in the economy. As, you know, if we think of a maybe just a quick definition of what that might be, a, sum, a summary of different analysts uh, regarding economic activity uh, and conditions of the country. So um, people are definitely feeling um, the pressure right now, Seth, and I think people are a little bit more pessimistic uh, than they have been. However, I would say this is that there's still this drive and need for goods and services out there, and people are still spending, even though uh, f- financially it's it's creating a little bit, uh, you know, maybe a constraint on their pocketbook. Uh, but they are they are definitely still spending. I would, I don't. I was up in Prescott this past weekend, and it has been it was the busiest weekend that I've seen. In, in well over a year, maybe wow. two years. Okay. There were so many people out shopping and just enjoying the beautiful weather that was up there. Uh, and I was really surprised at the number of people. And I'm hoping that, you know, that continues uh, and that hopefully will get us out of some of the funk we're feeling. But there's a lot of people, unfortunately, Seth, with the cost of uh, interest rates now, with the cost of rent right now. Uh, there's a number of people that I know and some clients of mine that are feeling the pressure. Maybe they're uh, property that they were in, they were renting. All of a sudden, the landlord is selling that property, yeah. and they've been a tenant for many, many years. They've had a you know a, a comfortable rent, but they're expecting when the new owner comes in and their lease expires that there's going to be a you know a fifteen, twenty, thirty percent jump in their rents. That is devastating to many people, and it's going to be very difficult for them to get out there and find uh, something comparable to what they had. Uh, at the price that they were you know paying in the past, I wonder if there's a short term i mean your your anecdote from Prescott to the contrary, I wonder if there's a short term pessimism but a long term optimism because you've seen headlines like this all day. Stock futures are little changed after another day of losses right but that's that's not the 
interesting part to me. The interesting part to me is the rest of the sentence, amid a surge in Treasury yields. Yeah, And I'm had, wondering mm-hmm. if that's kind of some kind of long-term optimism. Yeah, well, we did see the tre- 10-year Treasury top over uh, 3.35% today. Um, so there, you know what's interesting about this whole thing, Seth, is yeah. for those out there who are retired, those out there who maybe have been used to uh, years ago having money in the bank and getting a, some type of an interest rate on right. money, all of a sudden – uh, you may start to see that, hey, leaving a few extra dollars in the bank, maybe not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, and you're actually going to maybe get some interest on that. Not a lot. It's not, I mean, we're not back, Seth, in the 70s, uh, late 70s, early 80s, when we had 15, 16, 17% interest rates. Come on. We're not there. Come on. We <laughs> had 15% interest rates on oh, your money yeah. in the bank? Hey, well, you had 15% CD rates. Yeah, Absolutely. See, you sure did, didn't you? Absolutely. My gosh. Yeah. Uh, so it's we're not that bad, but I would say this. Things could be better, I believe, if the if the government can get their, their act together and cut back on spending. And this is on both sides of the aisle, Seth. I mean, we realize that uh, we can't run our own lives the way the Fed runs runs the uh, government's financial affairs. Uh, and it's this is creating a real challenge for, for everybody out there. As the spending continues, uh, we're suffering through it. And uh, we're going to have to feel a little bit of pain, as uh, Fed Chairman Powell said, uh, for at least the next probably six months. Uh, those out there who are really seeing the market volatility right now, I understand it's difficult. But if you can, be patient. If you can put your head down, continue to work, put your money in your 401ks. Uh, and long term, remember, you've got to be a long term investor, especially during periods of volatility like this. John, let me take an extra moment with sure. you on this uh, Treasury yield business. Uh, t- talk to the audience the way you, you, you do so well. Um, in explaining what what we're talking about for those that may not be familiar, what is a treasury yield? What are they talking about, treasury yields? So you can actually buy U.S. Treasury bonds. These are government bonds, and you can buy a bond for a 10-year period of time, and they will pay right now 3.35% is the interest rate that the Federal Reserve or the federal government will pay for 10 years on that bond of yours that you purchase. Uh, and bonds are traded on the open market as well, Seth. So uh, there may be some bonds out there that someone bought a year ago, and they were only paying 1%. Okay. And now a bond is paying 3.35%. Now, that's a 10-year period of right, time. Right. Can you imagine if you bought a bond ten, a year ago, and it was only paying 1%, but today if you bought the same bond, you'd get 3.35%. What is the value of that 1% bond? Right. A lot less. A lot less. Right? A lot so less. If someone wants to sell that bond, they have to sell it at what's called a discount so that it would show uh, a return similar to what the current yields are today. And that would be a pretty substantial discount on nine years left on that note at only 1% versus 3.35%. So uh, you've got to be careful when purchasing individual bonds. That's why often we use bond funds. Yeah. in different funds to create a good uh, strategy and a laddered approach for our uh, clients. So you're spread out across, yes. like you do with uh, less stock risk, indexes, just like et cetera. The, exactly yeah. right, uh-huh. less risk. Okay, you perfect. Bet. Thank you. You excited for the new iPhone? Uh, I guess I have a fairly new one. But, but, <laughs> I know. Uh, and now we're gonna have, and now we're gonna be all obsolete every again. Year, have every you ever year. heard of a company that got so much attention every time it announces a new? I guess people used to do that with cars. They liked to see the new Cadillac. Yeah. I remember yeah. people liked to go see what the new Cadillacs were like right. or something. But right. I don't know if I remember anything quite like this. 
Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I know Warren Buffett was the one who said he loves a company that you could put all of their products on your kitchen table. There you go. You know? well, I guess that's right. <laughs> Instead, you. You don't invest in John Deere, right, yeah. where you can't put that in your house. Right. No, I'm just kidding. John Deere's a good company. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> Thank you, John. We're going to get sued by the John Deere yeah. company now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Securities and Advisory Services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finra and Sipic, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Thank we'll talk you. To I'll talk to you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I heard an ad for Cool Touch during the break. I love that company, air conditioning, heating, and plumbing, any of your needs, 24-7. Cool Touch understands that uh, these air conditioning and plumbing breakdowns just don't happen Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. They happen usually not Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, when you most need them. Cool Touch is there. They're a great team. Chris Funk and his team are fantastic. They really are. And you'll notice it from the moment you call them till the job is done. Give them a call at 623-748-4942. That's 623-748-4942 for any air conditioning and plumbing problems or visit them online at cooltouch.us. Cooltouch.us. Great company. I've used them. My friends use them. I stand up for Cool Touch. They'll be there for you. David's in Glendale. Hello, David. Hi, Seth. How are you doing today? I am doing fine. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. Just got out of work. I'm a teacher. I'm a veteran. We've talked before. Yes, sir. But I was reason I actually called today was to say how good John Dabrowski really is because oh, yeah. I've always listened to hear him in the afternoons, and you know he's always said call him and ask for him. So I did, <laughs> and we had to move some money around and create a trust. And I've never worked with a better professional in the money world. I'll tell and, you, it delights my heart. It just warms my heart to hear someone say something like that about uh, one of our sponsors and one of our friends. John is really a great man in this community, and I'm glad to hear that, David. That's a great testimony. Thank you very much. Let me ask you about school and teaching. When did school sure. start for you? Um, kids on uh, – teachers came on the 8th. Uh, on the 1st, I had kids on the 8th. August 8th. August 8th. And uh, do you notice anything different uh, this year over the last couple of years? Are the, are the students getting a little bit out of the COVID mentality, or is that still kind of hovering over them? Uh, is is it back to the most way you remember are. it three years ago, or is it still a little slow starting? Um, most of the kids are. Uh, I've only seen a few masks here and there. And then, like, one kid – actually, I had a conversation with a kid today. He always wears his mask under, under his chin, and I was going to say, are you trying to hide a goatee? Yeah. Because I said, well, I don't want to get COVID. I said, then wear the mask correctly if that's what you think it's going to do. Yeah. And a couple of other kids were like, oh. And they were like, well, you're not going to get it or you're going to get it. That mask ain't going to. And this is a 13-year-old saying it. Yeah. You're either going to get it or you're not. That mask ain't going to make a difference. So I like the, the maturity. Of, understand. I like the maturity that the kids do understand. But I am kind of interested in, and I, I, it must have interested you, that issue of the mask under the chin or the mask not being used properly, because it seems to me we all kind of know what a mask on a face is supposed to look like. What are they? Do they just think it's the mask itself is the inoculation? They don't need to wear it a certain way? Why would someone wear a mask under their chin? Is it because their parents make them and they don't want to do it? What do you think that is about, David? 
Well, I did ask him, and he says, no, they don't make me wear it. He says, I, his answer was, I don't want to get COVID. Yeah. And I think, it was I sincere. hadn't thought about it the way you said it, but I think he thinks just having a mask on his face, yeah. no matter what, will make a difference. Yeah, we've made it's such a fetish of the mask that they think the mask itself is the is the shield, not not the wearing of it, right? Right. They were so browbeat yeah. by yeah. The, the mechanism at school. Every kid had to wear a mask. You had to have it up. Or, or David, you know, it dawns on on me, David, maybe they just uh, wear it that way because they've seen how Joe Biden uses it and talks about it. You know, he takes it on and off, he waves it around, he coughs into his hand, and then, you know, uses that hand to put on his mask before he shakes someone else's hand. Maybe they were just watching how the president uh, displays and, 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 uh, and models it. Maybe. It could be. And the best part about it, and the mask mostly coming off, is seeing smiles on my students' faces again, because I teach media, so I do kindergarten through eighth grade, so I see basically everybody on my campus at some point. And I had kids that I hadn't seen their face for two years almost, and it was so nice to see people coming through the gate when I'm on duty in the morning going, hey, I know you. I recognize that smile that I hadn't seen for two years. David, let me ask you, you know, we used to say, I don't know, there were variations on this, but a lot of people, you know, would say things like um, 80 percent, 90 percent of communication is nonverbal. How hard was it to teach to students with the mask, regardless of whether you're seeing a smile or not, just to understand whether you're communicating with them? That must have been a challenge in and of itself. It was extreme challenge. And first when we were online and the older kids would always not want to have their screen on. You could only hear them, and you couldn't see them at all. And then when we got back in the classroom, that mask on, and you just there was a, a bridge that was blocked on your communications because you just couldn't yeah. you couldn't hear effectively, you couldn't speak effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was that just that gap on whether uh, you were connecting you or not. You had no idea if you were connecting, right? Right. And, you know, I can only get so much from their eye. Yeah, right. And I'm good at reading. It's one of my things that I pride myself on is being able to read body language, understand the nonverbal communications. I pride myself on being good at that. Yeah. And just having that blockage of the face tended to knock some of that ability down because from my side, and I use voice. I am... I have a wide range. I can be stentorian and commanding to a quiet whisper. David, I got to hit the break, but God bless you. uh, Thank you for your testimony. Thanks for sharing about the classroom as well. Thank you for doing what you do. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. For those of you looking for a remarkable investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at Y-Refi. They're offering up a fixed no-load interest rate, up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi, due diligence approved firm. They're investors who do well by doing good for others. You can be a part of that. Check them out at investyrefi.com, the word invest. And then the letter Y, R-E-F-Y dot com, investyrefi dot com. Give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. Will someone please rid us of this 
priest. Finally, finally get rid of Hillary Clinton. Please off the public stage. Please. I'm reading from a Fox News report. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton accused former President Trump of leading a seditious conspiracy. Her words, seditious conspiracy against the United States government. During an interview with CBS News, Hillary Clinton was asked about her takeaways from the ongoing January 6th House Select Committee and Trump's actions leading up to and during the riot on Capitol Hill. Quote, I would not be honest if I didn't say I think there was a seditious conspiracy against the government of the United States, and that's a crime. Close quote. Nora O'Donnell, led by Donald Trump, led by Donald Trump, encouraged by Donald Trump, Clinton responded. Led by Donald Trump and encouraged by Donald Trump, a seditious conspiracy. Sedition is an attempted overthrow of the government. Uh, Donald Trump was the government, at least the head of it. Um, He could not lead a sedition against himself. But she goes on to say, you know, I was the secretary of state. I spent, you know, many days on airplanes, flying from place to place, encouraging people to have a real democracy. One of the hallmarks of a real democracy is the peaceful transfer of power. Did I miss something? Did we not have the most peaceful transfer? We had a more peaceful of peaceful transfer of power when John when Joe Biden became president than when Donald Trump became president. You know why? You know why? We had a more peaceful transfer when Joe Biden became president on January 20th. Transfer of power was not January 6th. I will go blue in the face telling people this. That was not a transfer of power day. January 20th was the transfer of power day. And when Donald Trump was having his inauguration, there were riots in the streets of Washington, D.C. on that day. People went to the hospital led because of those rioters. That was a disruption. And that entire weekend, speech after speech after speech in Washington, D.C. about violence against the White House. Madonna wanting to blow up the White House because Donald Trump was president. Didn't have a peaceful transfer of power. She says, was I happy when I beat Donald Trump by nearly three million votes but lost the federal college? No, I was not happy. But did I ever think I'm not going to I'm going to claim victory and try to get Democrats to refuse to certify the election? No lie. A lie in real time. That's exactly what she tried. And she called him an illegitimate president for four years. Please, please, please. Can we stop with the Hillary Clinton nonsense. It's so self-serving and so transparent. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.